Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adiomi again, Gospel Distribution Ministry. This time I'm going to teach on the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in Christ. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ. And this is a mystery that has been kept secret before the foundation of the world when Christ has come to reveal it. According to what Apostle Paul was writing in the book of Ephesians. Let's read, let's go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, and see the mystery that Apostle Paul was granted to reveal to the body of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1, Apostle Paul started talking and he wrote from verse 3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now you wonder why did he say in love? I'm going to point this one out that it is the kingdom of love that God is setting up. A kingdom of love. L-O-V-E. So this mystery is what we are going to reveal today by God's grace. Lord, give us the grace to, understand, to be able to understand it. I read it again, verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, we are in he has made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he has purposed in himself now verse 10 is where I'm going. So he's talking about this mystery of God's will. What is this plan of God that he has kept secret all these years before and just revealing a little bit of it through the prophets. And he's explained right now in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 1. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he, God, might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Now, let me read that verse again. Open, get, be, be, have, a, have a open heart to understand this, I pray. God has been keeping this secret since the foundation of the world and now is revealing to the apostles that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, God might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him. Now, let me give you an analogy. An analogy. I'm, I happen to be an engineer, electrical engineer, electronic engineer, and when we do engineering design, we always have a team or teams of engineers that are going to do this project and there will be a project manager for each team 
that is managing who should do this part, who should do that part, who should do this part, how long should this one last, and when we do this part, the next part is this. So there's a project manager that is overseeing that project. Now, that's just one project or the other. Now, let's say we want to develop a, a city, a whole new city. Now, you can say, if you are going to build a city, now you are going to have to build houses. Well, this are, that's a project in itself, houses. You want to build schools, that's a project by itself, schools. Maybe you want to build roads, that's a project by itself, roads. You want to build hospitals, that's going to be a project by itself, hospitals. Maybe you want to build banks, restaurants. So those are different projects, different, different projects. So you can say all these small, small projects that make a city, each one of them we have project manager, project manager, project manager, project manager for every little thing. And let's say you want to build so many skyscrapers, you have project manager for just each skyscraper or for all the skyscrapers, for all the office complexes. So now you see there are so many project managers. Now over all these project managers will be something that you can say a program manager who is in charge of everything we are trying to do for the city. So that program manager is one that is responsible for seeing that this city that we are trying to build is completed. So they will say in engineering terms that he is the owner of the program. So the owner of the program is the one that is overseeing all these things that are being built and he's going to be, all those project managers are going to be reporting to him, the program manager, in meetings to say how far with your project, how far with your project, and maybe this project has to be done before that project is started. For example, maybe you have to build the roads and then before you build the schools and so on and so forth, and you have to build the electric wires. All of those things are projects and they are all going to be reporting to the program manager. And in engineering, there's a program manager and he is one that is responsible for the whole program of building that city, perhaps. Now think of this planet Earth as a program where God is going to bring everything, all these human beings back to life and bring, he has a plan for this planet Earth. God has a plan for the planet Earth and human beings are going to become harvested and become the, the dwellers on this planet and he has to bring them to the fullness of obedience and so on and so forth. So there's a, that's a program in itself and there's a program manager that comes from heaven that is in charge of this, of the whole planet Earth and that is Christ. And that is what Apostle Paul is saying here in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 1 that this plan of God which we are the we are the the, the, the people that are going to be arrested we are the the, the the building let's put it that way we are the building that is, needs to be built and the program manager from heaven himself is one that is in charge of this that is what he is saying verse 10 that Ephesians chapter 1 said that God in the fullness in the dispensation of the fullness of time God might gather together in one all things in Christ. That is, Christ is the head of all these programs and projects on the earth. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Now, I just say the planet Earth. Now, suppose it's not just the planet Earth. It has to include all the other planets, all the other galaxies, and all the heavens. And there will be one person in charge of it. 
and he's saying Christ, God is going to bring all things into Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. So you can say that well, that's, that program manager is going to have to be God himself, exactly. That program manager has to be God himself, exactly. God himself is the only program manager that can oversee all these things that we are saying he's trying to do. And that is what Apostle Paul is saying to us here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. So if you are an engineer of an engineering man, you can understand it clearly. That no wonder Christ is the, is the head of all things. And Christ has to be God manifested in the flesh to do this, to get this thing done. And that is exactly what he is saying. God is bringing all things into Christ. Because he's not just talking about earth only, he say even heaven. To bring all things in earth and heaven to one under one person, it has to be God under himself. But he is doing it through this process of redemption for mankind. That's for the planet earth. And he's going to bring all things back unto himself. Under, and he, that's why he said, after he has finished, he, he, in, in, in first, let me go to First Corinthians chapter 15. And see what Apostle Paul is saying about Christ. First Corinthians chapter 15. And from I will read from verse 20. He was talking about resurrection. And yeah, let me actually go straight to let me actually yeah, let me read from verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since man since by man came dead, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all that even so in Christ shall all be made alive, but every man in his own order. Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end. That's where I'm going. Then cometh the end. When he, Christ, shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father. Now you see, Christ is going to make, like the program manager from heaven, is going to get these things done and subdued under him. And then he's going to deliver the kingdom to God, even the Father. When he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he said all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. So you can see what I was saying. The program manager from heaven came down and is going to get this job done on earth and subdue all things under himself. And he himself subdued, subjected to, to God, to the Father, because he said, I in them, thou in me, the Father in the Son. Like I say in the other sermons that I preach about the hope of our glory. That is how God is bringing all things together into one. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, Apostle Paul explains it in another, another word, in some other words. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. And he's saying the same thing, but using different words. In verse 27 of Colossians chapter 1, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is Christ in us that will bring us to that fullness of Christ, the fullness of the search of Christ, to be subjected unto the Father, because we are subject to Christ. And God, he said, Thou Father in me, and I in them. That's how we are going to get that glory. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 also, he, 
It said, Apostle Paul said, Beware, verse 6, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. See what I'm saying? God is uniting everything under Christ. Everything in heaven and earth under Christ. He said, For in Christ Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. See what I say? I say, The program manager that can, that can accomplish this, this program of the earth, and not just the earth, of the heavens also, somebody to be on, in charge of all these things and all these projects, it has to be God Himself. And that is why he said the fullness of the Godhead is dwelling in Christ bodily. God himself manifested in the human flesh bodily. Because this program, this project, this big project of heaven and earth to be united under one person, it has to be under one, under one person, God himself. And God has to come in form of human flesh to be able to accomplish that. Which means the human flesh, this physical platform where we are created to live in this physical world, is the plan of God that he wants to live in this physical world, not in the invisible spiritual world, where it looks like he has been all along. But he wants to live in this physical world because the physical world, the physical plot, the physical platform, all these planets and all these galaxies and all these because he has a plan for them. And it is this plan that he's implementing. And he has to come in form of a human body to be able to rule from this part from this physical platform and that is why we are grateful that he has called us to be particular of this of this glory let me go again Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10 which perhaps I have read that Christ is, is bringing all things in Christ let me go to gospel of John chapter 17 and see when Christ was praying what he was praying for his body the final prayer he prayed before he went to the cross you will see the mystery here in this prayer let's read that prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ from chapter chapter 17 from verse 1 and the, Lord, and the, the word God said the Lord, Jesus Christ lifted up his eyes to heaven and said Father the hour is come glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee as thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Verse 4 is very important. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Verse 5 is key. And now, O oh Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Now, that is a mysterious Bible verse. But when you get the revelation, you will see that he is, he is, he is saying he's going back into that position. And remember, the Bible says something that we shall have whatsoever we see it. The things of the Spirit are always declared by speaking. Even things that doors have to be opened sometimes by speaking. Because it is the way it has ordained it. 
Think of it like even in our own electronic world right now, you can do a what you call voice recognition. That you speak some things and a door is open. So you can say, let's say he has ordained that way that when you want to come back, you have to say something like this and the door will open. And that is really what is being implemented when he said, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So you can say, he's opening the door that I'm coming back home. I'm coming back to that glory. That is really what he's saying and it looks like it's a prayer, but it's the password. Let's put it that way, using a computer, computer lingo. Say, so what is the password to come back, to get the door open? It's a password. The glorified army with your own self, with the glory which I have with you. Of course, you have to be him. Not anybody can just say that. You have to be him for him to come back. Someone like when you say, what is your username? Right? If you are, you, you can know the password. If you don't know your username, you still can open the, the door. So you see, the username has to be right. The passphrase has to be right, even in our computer lingo. So Christ is saying this. He said, glorify thou me with thy own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Now, look at verse 22. And let's see the prayer he was praying that began to bring in the, the church. Because that is the purpose of the, the, the Son of God coming down from heaven for the, to the earth. In verse 22 of that prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ, John chapter 17, And the glory which thou, are, thou givest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one, that is sharing his glory with us. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Now, take note of that. Verse 23 says, I in them, and thou in me. And I have preached in the, some of my sermons, about the everlasting righteousness that God is implementing in us, that the way we are going to get that everlasting righteousness implemented in us saints is for Christ living in us, the Father in Christ and the Son and the Father inside us. Then we are controlled for, for eternity now, for eternity, and we are controlled from the inside and we cannot sin anymore forever. Think of Satan that fell. We don't know how many years of years before he fell, which means he did not have everlasting righteousness. Look at the cherubs that fell with Satan. Or the washers on the air that were said to be washing the, the planet Earth during the time of, the, of Jared, in the days of Enoch. That the Bible said they, they, they fell, they sinned. That means they did not have everlasting righteousness. If they, were, if they did that and came down and, and, uh, and uh, make, uh, married uh, women or not, that made them to be bound, that means they did not have everlasting righteousness. According to the Bible, the Bible said in the book of Daniel chapter, chapter 9 verse 24 that this is what Christ is going to complete. It is all fulfilled in Christ that everlasting righteousness is one of the things that will be implemented or accomplished in this seven, seventh week of Daniel. That we are talking about Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. The angel was telling Daniel that these are the things that shall be accomplished. 
to flee the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness. I've preached on that before. The everlasting righteousness that is going to be brought into we sins is the fact that Christ will be in us, the Father in Christ, and Christ living in us forever. We make us to have everlasting righteousness because we are going to be controlled from the inside by the Christ in us. And the Father and the Son can never separate because it is God that became flesh. It is Father in the Son and the Son and the Father. And you know, say, I and my Father will come and make our abode with thee. You can see what Christ was saying then. When Christ is living in us, it is, it is Christ and the Father because the Father is in Christ. And what, what, what is the Father? The Bible says God is love. Many people have given testimony that when they saw Christ in the vision, when Christ manifests to them and they look at his eyes, what do they see? They see like a river of love emanating from his eyes. That is the Father looking through the, through, through the lattice of humanity. And that is what he is going to do in us also at the same time. There is a prophecy that was written by Jane Lead in the 1600s that he said it is a kingdom of love that God is setting up. A kingdom of love. And he said God wants to live inside this lattice of human, human flesh and look through our eyes to see the world through the eye of love. And that is what they are seeing when Christ manifested because the Father is incarnated in the Son. And when they look at the eyes of our Lord Jesus Christ in some of those people that have said they have seen him in, in visions and they look at his eyes, he manifests to them, they could see the river like a, a the river of love coming from his eyes. And that is the God that the Bible says God is love. And you can begin to see why Apostle John was said to be the apostle that he said Jesus Christ loved. Because the example of that love was put in Apostle John. That he was always leaning on Jesus Christ's breast. And he said he was the apostle. And look at what Apostle Paul John wrote. He was one that wrote about love. He said God is love in First John chapter 4. That is God manifesting and that is what he wanted to accomplish in us. He wanted to put, to, to incarnate himself in all the band of believers that we yield to that fullness of the church of Christ, the fullness of love, divine love. And look at that in Apostle John's letter in 1 John chapter 4 verse 16. He says, And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that doeth in love doeth in God, and God in him. God is love. And that is the love that is called that they are seeing through the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. When they look at his eyes, they saw love, and they just melt under, under his feet. Because that is the Father looking through the eyes of the lattice of humanity. And that has been prophesied that this is what God is going to do. He said we should, we should seek for that love divine love that God wants so that God can incarnate himself in us as sons of God because when he says he will bring many more sons unto glory that is what God wants to accomplish bring many more sons unto glory Hebrews chapter let's look at it in the book of Hebrews chapter chapter 2 verse 9 but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory. 
to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. So the purpose of Christ also is to bring many sons unto glory. I mean to perfection. And sons of God is what is to be manifested at the end of time that Apostle Paul was writing about in Romans chapter 8 when he said the, the old the whole creation, the whole earth, the whole creation groaned and waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Verse, verse chapter, Romans chapter 8 verse 19. Say, for the earnest, earnest expectation of the creature, that's this planet earth, waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. That is this manifestation of the sons of God. These are the first fruits that shall arrive at the fullness of the stature of Christ. And they are also represented in the book of Revelation chapter 12, verse 5, when he said, The woman, which is the church, brought forth this man-child, which is the, the group of sons of God, that was caught up to the throne of God. These are the people that are to rule the world with a rod of iron. That is the man-child, and that is what is being prophesied, that at this end time, God will get the sons that will be just like Christ, that he can incarnate himself in. God himself looking through the eyes of man's flesh to see the world. That is the God of love, the God that is love, that all the prophets couldn't understand, Moses couldn't understand it, because he was putting the law of Moses that they don't keep this law, they are going to be doomed. But Christ has come to redeem us from that, from that law and gave us what... God really said that they have not known the Father nor me. That's why they are doing they do this to you. Say so in the days coming that they that kill you we think they are doing God's service. Yes, because they do it because they do not know the Father. The Father is love. God that is love. Of course, love is still still can still be firm because God cannot stand sin. That's why He came to make the reconciliation for sin. And He has given us the, the ministry of reconciliation so that we can be redeemed from sin. And we can have God manifested back in us. You know, the glory of God that human beings lost can be given back to us, which is part of it is this Shekinah glory of God that is going to cover our body, that we that we shall not be hurt by anything, and also the love of God that is not only envelop us but it's going to be from within us, looking at the world through the eye of through the lattice of human flesh. God himself is love. And I pray that this understanding God will reveal to us. I may have to really continue this in, the, in another broadcast. I pray right now for all the people that are listening. Father, give us more understanding. Reveal yourself more unto us so that we can prepare ourselves for what you have in store for us. Which is that you want to incarnate yourself in us. But we need to yield to that love. We need to surrender to that to that divine love that you have said in the first Corinthians chapter 13. Let me read that first Corinthians chapter 13. When the Lord manifested to Moses and he said, I will declare my name before you. What, the, what name did God declare? The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long suffering, abundance in goodness and in truth, keeping mercy for thousands. Forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sins. And we by no means acquit the guilty. Because it's also just. Now look at that same thing in First Corinthians chapter 13. And you will see that it is God that is being described here. When he said, verse 4, he said that love, suffering, love, that's long suffering. 
and is kind. That's what God said to Moses when he declared his name. Love envied not, love wanted not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, love seeketh not our own, is not easily provoked. That means he forgiven iniquity and transgression and sins that he mentioned to Moses. And he thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Love beareth all things, long suffering, bearing, long for bearing all things. Love believeth all things. Believe the best in people. Love hopeth all things. Love endureth all things. Who can endure the cross? Only love. The God that is love. Love never faileth. See? The greatest of these things is love. And God himself is that love. And that is what he is calling us to yield to. So that he can incarnate himself in us. I pray that the Lord will give you and me understanding. So that we can surrender our life, our will to the Father's will. So that you can perfect this work in us through the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you, Lord. We just pray that our Lord God will burn this thing in our heart to want that divine love, to walk in that love. So that Christ said that the new commandment I give unto you that, that you love one another even as I have loved you. Father, help us to love, to show that love to one another and to the world that they will see us, they will see the love of the Father manifesting us in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Write to us, gospeldistribution.org. God bless you.